Fatality Fitness Podcast, covering everything from fitness, health, and nutrition with your host, Matthew Smiley, covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q&As with featured guests. Hello and welcome to the Fatality Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Smiley, and on this episode, I have Michael Hildbrand, and we're going to speak about sleep, um, which is a great topic, and as I was speaking to Michael just saying, it's something that most people or everyone has been affected with and at some stage whether that being by uh, poor hygiene or just having a poor night's sleep so Michael tell us a bit about yourself and how basically you started getting interested in such a big topic as sleep yeah um, first off thanks for having me on the podcast Matthew so um in regards to my story I'm a sleep coach I'm uh, the founder of sleep trust the company that educates people all around sleep and also coaches people back to good sleep. And actually I started off as a high performance coach, like getting people to um, get over their own obstacles. And at some point I had a slip disc uh, and that was actually the first time I had problems with my sleep. Like um, that came from the outside pain induced. And I was only getting like two to three hours of sleep um, a night which really got me to dig into that topic. Like, how am I going to survive this? And obviously, how am I going to get to move again, like get fit again? So that was, at some point, it was just clear to me. I, I'm a big fan of meditation, so I did meditations, and they helped me quite fairly uh, well too. But at some point, it just popped up, and I, I thought, okay, now, you know, you got this topic. I, I figured out how big of a problem it is nowadays, and I just shifted over to, High performance coaching to uh, like sleep coaching because essentially I like 20, 30% is about knowing all about sleep and how to put things together. And the other 70% are exactly the same what I did before, like getting the mindset right, getting people to follow through, to do things that are good for them and to making them habitual. Yeah, it's massive. It's one, it's one of the key factors, isn't it? It's like if you could, if you can exercise well, um, your stress levels and that are managed, but if you've got poor sleep, that's never going to, that's going to affect everything. If you think about it, if you have a poor night's sleep, you're never going to be motivated or have the energy to work out. You're never going to eat well. So it's just a, it's just a key factor. Tell us about how you felt on your, like when you mentioned there that obviously you had the, the disc problems and you were having maybe, um, two to three hours night's sleep. Can you tell us what, how that made you feel? Like mentally, how do you feel? And physically, how did you feel from that experience of having such poor sleep? Yeah, that was uh, absolutely an experience I never want to have again. So I was really feeling like a zombie. Like it was uh, going through the days really like in this state between, okay, you're awake, but you're not really awake. So low energy levels, uh, emotionally imbalanced, even though I knew that as a coach, kind of, you know, that this, how things happen. And I tried to kind of, step back and say, okay, calm down. You know, everything's cool, but you know, I'm living here with my family and you, you can't always react in the way you would do uh, if, if the kids get like kind of uh, exhausting uh, or whatever, uh, or even to, to your partner, my wife, like that was, I think a hard time for her too, even though, you know, I, I do believe I am able to, to see what I did afterwards, but it's hard in that situation. So uh, essentially to break it down, it was hard physically, uh, emotionally and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So why, let me dive into the topic. So why do we, mainly, what's the main, the main part of the subject? So why do we, why do we sleep? 
yeah, essentially to, to, you know, start top level to feel good. Like I want to feel emotional doubts. I want to feel that energy. Like if you're in the, if you want to do fitness, you want to feel strong and you just don't feel strong if you're tired. Uh, and the same is true for our emotions uh, too. So, but if we go one level down, like and have a look at uh, how does this work out scientifically? I always like to look at the body and the mind. Like, and if we look at our body, sleep just has a tremendous impact on uh, our hormone regulation. So it doesn't really matter if you're talking about the human growth hormone, which is super important for, you know, if you want to get fit or a testosterone, which is also important if you want to, you know, build your muscles, not only for that, obviously, uh, but there's also things like leptin, ghrelin, um, which re regulate our appetite or um, a lot of hormones. So it's all kind of um, coming together in our body and affecting how our body works. So if we don't get this right, uh, our body won't work right. We're going to have problems with our digestive system. Our cell recreation is not going to work uh, right. We're going to have you know, uh, problems with our appetite in regards to we might be hungry to eat sugary stuff, which isn't the best to get a strong body um, because our brain just seeks this quick energy. Um, we might um, also have, you know, uh, problems, uh, all kinds of problems with our body. Like we'll start because that's out of whack. And if we move over to our mind, it's kind of essential. And there, there are illnesses coming through that. That's a, a, it's big. We're not talking about a flu here, uh, not even about Corona. So Corona in, is a big topic right now. But if we look at the side effects of sleep in regards to heart attacks, strokes, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, it's, it's massive. Like that's if even still hanging on with our bodies. If we take our brain as a part of our body and not our mind, like it's as an organ, um, sleep also detoxes our brains. Like it, it flushes out the poison, the beta amyloids like 10 to 20 times more efficient than when we're awake. So massively, if you look at our bodies, and if we move over to our minds, um, it's kind of a similar story. We, we dream when we sleep, and dreaming is something like Matthew Walker calls it the built-in therapy system. And that's essentially what happens. So we, we, our brains put together all the things that we went through, um, and processes the information in a chemical-friendly environment in our brain. Nothing can happen, even with different pictures than we might have experienced it at daytime, to make it easier for us to handle these things. Um, and it also helps us to memorize things. So things that we learn, if we learn movements, doing sports, fitness, uh, overnight, these things get processed, get put into the long-term memory, and uh, super powerful. Maybe a little side note, um, Two years ago, I went to Scotland, Matthew. I was in Scotland uh, with uh, and visited Charlie Morley. He's a lucid dream train, uh, trainer, essentially. Lucid dreaming is, uh, for I'm not sure if your listeners know that, it's kind of the art of um, knowing that you're dreaming when you're dreaming, so you're conscious when you're dreaming. And besides the fact that he uses this technique to really do therapy with people, like people who have PTHD and stuff like that, he also, uh, I think he was involved in a study where he trained things in his mind, like he trained skateboarding, and his skills improved. 
And that's how powerful it is, but you need to sleep. If you don't get that dream sleep, it's just going to be harder to learn anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you do it consciously or just unconsciously. So, so what? why does it seem to be now, in this day and age, that sleep is so poor? Or we're getting less sleep. Um, this kind of generation is getting like less sleep and probably poor, picking up poor hygiene or bad habits when it comes to sleep. Why do you think that is the, the case? I think there are a, a couple of reasons for that. Uh, probably only a few that are really important. Um, the first is comes through these, and I think it's probably the biggest, uh, these electrical devices. Meanwhile, we're, we're constantly in touch with everybody. Uh, we've got you know electrical lights. We've got offices. We're not working outside and everything. But these devices are just like... Um, they're just addictive and they distract us, our minds. Uh, and what happens then is that we go to bed too late because we're, we're entertained. And through our distraction, um, I think our minds just start to think about the things that are really important for us when we hit the bed. Like now we close our eyes and now we can't push away worries, uh, anger, thoughts that have come up that we should have handled uh, over the course of the day. That's what's, that's one big reason. And the second is just a working environment. So we're, we're all kind of wired to be productive, to be the best, like to get even more done. And that builds up stress. And uh, not only that, it also puts sleep like into a box where it doesn't belong. So you, now you're lazy when you're sleeping. You're, you're missing out on productivity, even though we all kind of if as soon as you dig into sleep you know it's not true you know you get more productive and get more done feel healthier better but that's kind of the the uh, the wide opinion or was i think we're, we're starting to change this now uh, over the last couple of years but uh, i think that's a big problem too yeah i think yeah. i agree with that it's like obviously you're saying like people are that feel that they need to work crazy amount of hours on something or they need to do to get the project finished before they go to sleep and that has a detrimental effect on um sometimes less is more in it it's like do less hours get more rest you actually be probably more productive um if someone had to come to you and say like i've been having i'm i'm struggling to want to deal with you um as a sleep coach what can i with certain aspects that you would look at of people's um daily routines that you would look at do, uh, changing or uh, trying to see where the issue is? What, what kind of things would you commonly look for? So um, basically I run people through an assessment. Like first off, I, I try to figure out where they're standing right now. So we do positioning. But if I, if I were to answer this like generally, I think one of the most important aspects is very simple things is like, are you having a regular sleep schedule? Is it like, are you hopping around? Or is it regular? And uh, I will say to ev every tip that I say, it doesn't have to relate to you or to me. This is kind of a general information. There are people that are super flexible with their sleep. There are people that are really sensitive as with coffee and all other things. So you always have to take it with a grain of salt. But having a fixed sleep schedule is important because our biorhythms tend to, you know, it's daytime, nighttime. And that's where we're coming from. We, we tend to forget that, but you know, 100, 200, 300 years from now, which is not long from an evolutionary perspective, that's how things went. Like, and um, so a, a fixed sleep schedule, 
And then the next thing would be like, um, get out into sunlight. It's uh, a thing that is majorly important. We're all talking, or if you research sleep, you'll, you'll hear, you know, get blue light, reduce bulbs and stuff like that. And don't use your screens because of the blue light. And though there is a fact to it, and there are studies out there that back that, I think it's way more important to get into sunlight because essentially what we do is that we expose our bodies, give our bodies a clear signal that it's daytime now. A lot of processes coming to hormones get started too. And at nighttime, when even if, even if we're watching TV and have electrical screens on, we're less sensitive because now we're coming from this amount of sun and going down here rather than if we're sitting in the box and then at nighttime we're sitting in the box again. And that's a big difference for our body. So that's a big thing. And then when it comes to, you know, going to bed, just take, take your time to wind down a little bit if you need to. So if you, you think that you're mentally challenged and can't fall asleep because your, your mind is racing or thoughts come up, wind down an hour before you go to bed. And uh, the last thing would be to go to bed with intention to rest, not to sleep. That's a big mistake that can bring many people into trouble, actually, if they try to force themselves into sleep now. That's not how it works. Have a rest. Yeah. Would you stay with us any rules in regards to when it comes to stimulants? As you said, you mentioned uh, briefly there, uh, caffeine. Would there be any rules that you would stick to for certain? Um, as you said, other people might be more sensitive to it, but would there be like a, a certain rule that you would just stick with, with that? I, I would say um, try to. I have to, you know, I, I, I'll... It's, it's really difficult, especially with coffee. Now, there are people that are very sensitive, like they drink a cup of coffee in the morning and that can whack them off uh, at nighttime. And others, like me personally, I could drink a cup of coffee and go to bed afterwards. It doesn't really affect my sleep. Uh, but as a rule of thumb, you sh- should know that you know coffee has a half-life time of six hours, meaning if you drink a cup of coffee now, six hours later, still half of that coffee is running through your blood. And that's a lot. So if you're sensitive, better don't drink coffee in the afternoon or have your last coffee after lunch. Maybe that would be a good idea. And that's what I try to stick to, too, even though I'm not sensitive. And um, if we're talking about other substances like alcohol, which, you know, uh, I like to drink from time to time, too. But we, we should know and acknowledge that it, it blocks REM sleep or dream sleep. And that can have other negative effects. And the sleep quality that you get overall is just not as good as I did a, a self-experiment two years ago, so I tested uh, different kinds of nighttime drinks and wanted to see what works good. And a glass of wine wasn't there too. Helped me to fall asleep, wonderful. But in the morning, when I, I really focus on how do you feel, I could even feel that I had one glass of wine. It wasn't like a hangover, but I wasn't feeling as fresh as I did the couple of days before. Yeah. So alcohol has an effect avoid it if, if you know on a regular basis let's say like that just when you were talking about the kind of getting out in daylight obviously that the regulation of the circadian rhythm being in a, a good uh, routine but in regards to ways to improve sad so seasonal defective disorder obviously in scotland we get a lot of uh, dark dark mornings and dark nights so is there ways that you would give tips for people on how to come, overcome something like that yeah, uh, essentially, um, it's it's not so much of a sleep topic, but the tip that I would give, because obviously I get in touch with that from time to time too, is um, always look look 
to nature, what would ha- what's going on. So you're getting it because light is missing. The first thing that I would recommend is get a, a daytime lamp and use that. Get up, have your breakfast, turn on that daytime lamp. I've got one at home too. My wife uses it every morning uh, in these seasons, like in the winter season, and it's, it's good for her. So that would be one thing. I wouldn't sleep too much, even if you, you know, don't feel that good. Rather push yourself on the outside, have a walk. Like that's not, everybody can have a walk and that's going to serve you well. You're going to get more daylight. You're going to get a little bit of body movement without feeling too exhausted. Like, and you can always have a walk. And those are the two main tips and stick to your sleep schedule. Don't, you know, don't try to sleep 10 or 12 hours. That's probably not going to be that good for you. Yeah, because obviously you've, it's the same effect me kind of oversleeping there as well. And that, as you mentioned there, in regards to the vitamin D supplement, for in regards to that, would you say for anyone to be taking a, a vitamin D supplement during that uh, period? Because um, I did see that there is a recent study that they've talking about vitamin D and the ways, obviously, the, the effect that it has um, on proven sleep. Yeah, that's that's quite quite interesting of a question. So to so to answer it, I would say definitely after you got your blood check from a doctor. Uh, I, I'm really not a big fan of uh, just taking supplements and not knowing what's going on because I think it could also be like harmful. I know you know the the, the industry is massive and you can get all kinds of supplements, uh, but in regards to vitamin D, I think it's uh, useful checking that as magnesium. There are a couple of supplements that, that can be really useful, and vitamin D is one of those. So the recent studies um, are not really 100% sure, as least as, I've, uh, as far as I understood them, how vitamin D and sleep um, relates to each other. They know that there is a connection. Uh, they, they found little receptors in our brain that pick up on uh, vitamin D that are also involved in sleeping. But they, I think they don't really know exactly how it works. Uh, in our regards, it doesn't really matter because it's enough to know that there is a relationship and uh, vitamin D is important. Yeah. So yeah, definitely get that checked and uh, supplement yourself if, if uh, that is something that you're lacking. But try to get out into sunlight. It's always better to get this going. And nature is like, that's my big problem with the, with with all of this nutrition stuff. It's very important and it's very complex. And I always think we we should benefit from the knowledge of the scientists and always have a look at nature. Like vitamin D has an impact on sleep. Getting outside, catching sunlight has an impact on getting vitamin D, right? So maybe it's not even going to help you to 100% only to take vitamin D. Maybe you need to get into sunlight to get your eyes, pick up on the blue light, let your body get that clear daytime signal that all of the rest works. And that's kind of how I would see that. So yes, supplement yourself, but don't say now that I supplement myself, I don't need sunlight. I think that would be a mistake. Sometimes it's again, it's going back to saying less is more again. It's like, don't think too much about supplements and everything else. Think about actually just doing the basics of getting out in nature and seeing daylight, as you said. Um, Yeah. So, like, what I like about a lot of the posts that you put on social media is actually the effects of um, poor sleep and the, what what it does to kind of people's mental health. Can can you speak about a bit about that? And obviously, the, the the conditions that seem to arise with a lot of people who have like really affected poor sleep. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably one of the 
biggest issues. The body is important, obviously, but you know, if, if our minds, if our mental health is affected, you can have a strong body, it's not going to help you. So I think this is really a majorly important thing. And one thing that I find to be very interesting is if we don't get enough sleep, our amygdala is 60% more active. And the amygdala is kind of the, the, the part of our, in our brain that triggers the fight or flight mode. So now, now it's active. And that makes perfect sense. If, if we're, we think back, you know, we're in danger, we're tired, we're not that. Our attention span is a little bit lower. It makes sense that something picks up and, and shoots out adrenaline, lets us, you know, run away from that line, whatever. Nowadays, it doesn't make sense at all. So now you're sitting in a meeting, your amygdala is firing, you're, you're misunderstanding the people, you're feeling stressed, which is not good for your body. You're not moving your body enough, so the stress is not getting, you're not getting rid of that stress anymore. So it's, it's building up a vicious cycle. So the amygdala is lighting up, not good. The second thing is, uh, obviously, if we don't get that um, REM sleep, the dream sleep, um, things that we walk through at daytime will not be processed in a way that is helpful for us. So uh, I think we all agree and know that if we had a tense day and we were kind of emotionally down and we go to bed and have a good night of sleep, we wake up feeling good again. That's how, how it would be for a normal person like. And if we don't get that REM sleep and the amount that we need, uh, that's just going to give us a second hit. So um, it's important to understand that REM sleep, so we, we sleep is built up in stages, like we've run through a cycle, sleep cycles. On average, it's probably about five sleep cycles that we all get. And these sleep cycles are built up out of deep sleep, light sleep, uh, and so on. Uh, what's important is to understand is that they, they shift over the night. So in the first half of the night, we get more deep sleep. And in the second, in the latter hours of sleep, we get more of this REM sleep. So sleep duration matters. We need to take care that we get enough sleep. Otherwise, we're not getting the REM sleep, the dream sleep that we need. And that will affect our mental health. And if that happens, like um, then anxiety shoots up, uh, it's, depression shoots up. And we're just not going to feel that good. Yeah, yeah, really interesting topic because obviously it can have a detrimental effect to, as you said, people's uh, feeling more anxious. Depression can kick in. Um, the other thing that I noticed on the post as well was the the sleeping position that you sleep in. So, what would be an optimal way for people's sleeping position? Because what the thing with me recently with my sleep was, I had been taping my mouth because I'd found that I'd probably been a mouth breather as well. So what I started doing was using uh, nasal strips and try to be focusing on using my nose more. And um, what I found from it is when I was waking up, I felt more less congested in the morning and felt uh, just for a breathing point of view, but obviously I was getting a better night's sleep from that as well. So can you tell us a bit about the sleeping positions that you and what would be more optimal? That's, that's a little bit hard to say there's an optimal sleep position. I think it's very important to uh, just feel into our bodies. Uh, and uh, I think from time to time, we just get a little bit ignorant. So if I think about the times when I had my sleep disc, just before that happened, a couple of weeks before, I wasn't able to sleep on the left-hand side. It just hurt. So what did I do? I turned over to the right-hand side. Yeah. So it, sometimes it's just good to think about, okay, what's going on here? And if uh, my neck is hurting, I might think about, you know, getting a better cushion or a different mattress. 
or my hips are hurting. Um, all sleep positions have pros and cons. So if we're sleeping on our backs, that's good. Our spine is aligned. Everything's straightened out. Um, our organs are kind of free. There's not too much pressure on there, but it can promote sleep apnea. These little, you know, uh, where we stop to breathe, essentially. And that's not going to kill us. At some point, our, our brain just fires off an alarm, but we get ripped out of the sleep over and over again. That can uh, lead to, to uh, and it's a sleep disorder, obviously, too. So if we sleep on our sides, which I find to be the most comfortable position, um, uh, it's, it's good for our breathing because our breathing passage will be kind of it's free rather than if we lie on our back and the tongue falls into our throat or anything or the soft tissues. So that's good. But we have to take care that we have a medium, uh, a medium uh, a hardness mattress because our, our shoulders should sink in a little bit more or our hips. Uh, that works fine. And uh, sleeping on our stomach can be good too uh, in regards to our breathing, but you know, it tends to build up a little bit more pressure on the lower back. So you have to put an angle into your, your, like, I think it's a mixture of all. And just to figure out, let's say in my case, if I sleep on my back, I know I've got a light form of sleep apnea. I stopped breathing. My wife told me, so I'll try to avoid that. Yeah. Um, and everybody should, should listen to his or her body uh, a bit. And, you know, if, if you think that you've got sleep apnea or something, if you're getting the amount of sleep and you're feeling exhausted, uh, definitely check that. Otherwise, if, if you, you know, have neck pain every morning, get a different cushion, be a little bit more conscious when you go to bed, like just not just jump into the bed. You're exhausted now. If you're a good sleeper and fall asleep right away, but take a couple of seconds just to arrange your neck into the cushion. See if that's good. If you're, 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 uh, uh, your uh, lower body body is feeling good, and I think that's going to do uh, serve you well. Yeah, yeah is there a certain? Uh, tell us a wee bit about your kind of routine. What's your kind of routine for getting a better night's sleep? Kind of tips when, in that sense. Like, is there certain rules that you stick to? Like, maybe avoid food two hours before you go to bed, or do you meditate before you go to bed? What's your kind of routine in that sense? So I don't have a hundred percent fixed routine, but there are a couple of things that I always kind of take care of which is I don't want to eat too heavily before I go to bed. I wouldn't go to bed hungry, but I wouldn't eat a lot because it's not good. Uh, it doesn't feel good, and that, that's the thing that I would definitely avoid. Um, next thing is I, I try to wind down before I go to bed, which doesn't mean I, it could be me working before I go to bed, but I'm not going to do something that is not pleasurable for me. So I would do something that I think, okay, that's okay. I can do that. This can also be a meditation. So I'm definitely going to do something that winds me down. And that's different for every person. Like you have to figure out if you're working on something, doing something that is good for you, or if it's something that is rather doing the opposite. Uh, and the last thing, and that's, I think it's kind of like uh, a, a secret tip. Uh, if you want to uh, take it like that is go to bed with the intention to rest rather than to fall asleep. So when I go to bed, I just want to rest. And that's, by the way, I've talked, spoken with a lot of people that with good sleepers, bad sleepers, all, every good sleeper does it that way. No good sleeper goes to bed and wants to sleep. They, they, they want to sleep, but in reality, if you ask them, they want to, they want to rest. They enjoy that. They're thankful. They're lying in their cozy bed. They really enjoy this now. So and then they drift into sleep. So um, that would be my, my little tip, what I always do. I'm, I'm always grateful, thankful that I'm lying in bed, that my 
wife is lying on my side that I'm, you know, that I'm living small things, gratitude things, essentially. Yeah, it's quite and then good. I just drift into sleep. It's quite a good thing to do is the kind of gratitude thing is writing down a few things that you may be grateful for before you go to bed. My, my uh, kind of routine that I've started doing was that obviously the gloomy light, the the dawn light simulator, obviously I used that during the kind of winter period, but also for me it was just reading in bed, but just reading something light that I wasn't completely focused on, it was just something that I could probably drift drift away with, and I found that really worked uh, well for me. Just before we dive off then, can you tell us a wee bit about just a, your experience with the kind of uh, meditation as well, What uh, in regards to that, what's your uh, like experience with it, and uh, just, a, just a bit about it, tell us what you think about it, and what where you use it in your day, where do you fit it in your routine in your day? I think meditation is so important, they should teach it in school, literally. Um, I'm a big fan. I do different meditations. I don't even have a fixed time, but I do meditate every day. And sometimes it's just doing a breathing meditation, like uh, taking slow breaths in, slow breaths out. Sometimes I do it when I have a walk, like breathing in through my nose. You, you just mentioned you taped your, your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so breathing through the nose is very important. And you can do things like breathing in for three steps, breathing out for six steps, just gets your body into a complete different state. And then uh, I think about all kinds of stuff. Sometimes I use meditations to wind down. Sometimes I use it to, um, that might sound a little bit like uh, spiritual to get, you know, into a better relationship with people. If there's something I feel that there's something going on, I would just focus and send love uh, to, to people. Um, uh, and I can also use it for, for uh, work. Like um, if, if I, just before we did this interview, uh, actually I sat down or, went onto the sofa, closed my eyes and just went through, you know, a couple of the questions that I thought might could up, could, could, could come up and could be interesting and just could, could get just tapped into the feeling of how, how could this be? And, um, I think it's just a great thing. It doesn't matter for every aspect of our life. Literally you can, you can even for health, I use it for my health. Uh, I imagine my back to heal, uh, all kinds of things. I think our minds are far more powerful than most of us uh, want want to acknowledge. Um, and uh, tapping into meditations is the key to use it. Yeah, if people are interested in getting some form of kind of life coaching, uh, sorry, sleep coaching from yourself, and and kind of um, where can they reach out for kind of help with yourself? So. Typically, uh, over over Instagram or Facebook is a good way to connect with me or just drop an email to hello at sleeptrust.eu. And those are the, the two ways like that people can connect with me. Uh, I've also got a podcast, the Sleep Trust podcast, uh, but that's not a way to connect, uh, but rather to consume content. Um, so that, that would be the two ways. So on Instagram, it's uh, at Sleep Trust and Facebook the same. And that would be through a one-to-one coaching kind of environment? Yeah, I do one-on-one one, one coachings from time to time and uh, small group coachings is kind of what, what uh, I'm doing now because it's, it's just, it has more dynamic in there to work with a small group. People can keep themselves accountable because it's a lot about, you know, mindset, habit. And you're on a journey with people, which always makes you kind of like stronger and gives you the edge to really follow through. Uh, and it's also a great environment to just, some some people just have a hard time to to get their questions right. 
And um, in a small group, somebody can ask a question that just relates to somebody else. And, and he or she wouldn't have came up with, with that question. And, and then they go, oh, yeah, that's important for me too. So that, that's kind of where, where yeah, I, what I'm doing. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, thanks for coming on. It's been a great chat. I think obviously there's a lot to take away from it. And as mentioned, if people are struggling with sleep, jump on uh, Michael's Instagram, have a look at some of his posts. Some of his posts have got some great um, information and knowledge that you can uh, put into your sleeping routines uh, and hopefully get get you put, you put you to sleep and give you a good night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, Matthew, for having me on the podcast. It was a big pleasure, and sent you all of your listeners and you love the amp, uh, a lot of sleep. Hope you hope you're good, and, and hopefully we'll see you in Scotland very soon. Oh yeah, in Bonnie Scotland. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Speak to you soon. Okay, bye bye.